This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of Outside the Eight. We are on episode nine this week with Outside the Eight. That's right, we have eight other episodes out. If you have not had a chance to listen to them, catch up because there's more coming. That being said, thank you for being here, for listening, for being a fan. I'm so excited for this week's episode. I have the chance to talk with an incredible person. She is funny, she is smart, she is extremely driven. Her name is Lindsay Munoz. She is from Maryland originally. She played at Stanford up in the Bay Area, had a great career as a goalie. She now lives in the Los Angeles area coaching and doing a lot of things for her own business to grow. Lindsay runs LM Lax Training, which offers individual and group coaching specifically for goalies. She also works as a personal trainer, helping girls get fit physically and kind of make the best choices for them as they're trying to become a better athlete. Lindsay coaches with Fire Lacrosse and is the head coach at Westlake High School for their girls lacrosse program. Lindsay is someone who had to refine her love of the game post-college and has since decided to make lacrosse her full-time job. Through many different avenues, she's been able to coach, give trainings, be an advocate and someone for these girls personally. I really appreciate Lindsay. She's vulnerable in this episode. She shares a lot, some of the struggles that she went through. It's not easy to share, and I'm really grateful that she was willing to because I think there are a lot of people out there that can relate. We've all gone through tough times. We've all had to support each other, even when we didn't really even understand what was going on with another person, and we have to be there for each other. So that being said, I don't want to give too much away. Lindsay and I talk about her experience at Stanford. We talk about what it means to be coaching young girls what it means for West Coast lacrosse and how it's growing, kind of the similar themes that I've had in other episodes, but Lindsay obviously gives her personal uh, kind of story around all of this and some of her own ways that she's found herself through sports, through lacrosse, and through that entire experience. So here is my episode with Lindsay. All right, we're going to get started. Welcome to a brand new episode of Outside the Eight. Today I have, I'm going to say your last name wrong. It's okay. Lindsay Munoz. Hey, that was good. That's perfect. Okay. There you go. That's how you say it? Yeah. Some people, it has an enya on the end, so like some people will try to like make it a little Spanglish and be like Munoz, but I just say Munoz. Keep it easy. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for doing this. Of course. Happy happy to to do it. Good. Um, It is a wonderful Saturday. You guys have college football going. Oh, yeah. How's your day been so far? It's been pretty good. Um, Hit the gym this morning, then made some breakfast, did some studying because I'm studying to get my certification for strength conditioning, so studying for that. 
And then now we're here. Yes. <laughs> well, I was also at the gym this morning, and which is a rarity. I usually do like a class on Saturday mornings. Okay. But when I texted you last night, I was like, I want to do one of your workouts. <laughs> and you sent that to me. I was like, oh, crap. I'm in for it. Um, so I did it. Yeah. How? What do you think? How'd it go? It was hard. Yeah. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm going to do this in... An hour. Yeah. You told me it'd be like an hour 15. Yeah. And I did it. And I pushed myself, yeah. which is sometimes hard to do, yeah. working out alone. Yeah. Um, and I think I did a good job. I did have two minor injuries. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on oh, no. the, which I will, I will post the workout with this episode so okay. everyone can see it in okay. case they're interested. But um, on one, on the toe tap uh-huh. up to the bench yeah. where you're like doing high knees kind yeah. of. Yeah. Literally my last rep on my last set. Oh my god. I hit my ankle against the bench oh at full speed <laughs> and I fell backwards. Oh my god. I caught myself. No one else was around. I just started laughing because I was oh like I was god. tired. I of course, oh you know. Oh my god. It was just that one mess up. And then all of a sudden I get down with my workout and I look down and I'm, there's, like, blood on my hand. Oh, my God. And I think I had, like, one of the dumbbells, like, hit me weird. Oh, my God. So. Everyone's really scared right now. You know. It, it really wasn't that bad. I don't even, I forgot that I even, that even happened by the time I left the gym. But I was very much, like, all right, I did work pretty hard oh this morning. Oh, my gosh. I guess, yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I definitely try to structure my workout so, you know, injuries don't happen. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. No. But, this, you know, I, I definitely... Mental error on my yeah. part. Yeah. 100%. That's all right. But thank you for, uh, for giving that to me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. It was a good mix of... Um, weights and like keeping things moving I hate doing like the same thing yeah. for too long yeah exactly I, I really like to when you're just constantly going and keeping your heart rate up yes um I mean there's a time and a place for you know when you're trying to um test for max strength and you know you're doing like three reps and then you got to take a really long rest time to yes. then be able to do that again but generally I like to keep things going yes it was it was a good workout reminded me of you know old college days when I would have circuit workouts <laughs> yes. like that. Um, but that's just one of the aspects of the things that you are doing. You yeah. are very busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into that. There's a lot of things we want to cover, but kind of taking a step back, let's do yeah. a quick little intro to how you found lacrosse and sure. that journey. Yeah. Um, you had an amazing career at Stanford and now you're, you know, post-grad a few years and yeah life is different. So, yeah, it's, so it's, let's talk about, um, you know, how you found lacrosse. Yeah, sure. So, um, I started lacrosse when I was five, which a lot of people hear that and are like, oh my gosh. But, um, that was largely because of my older brother. He's five years older than me. And I'm not sure exactly when he started, but you know, he was 10 and was super into it. And as a younger sibling, I feel like you tend to gravitate towards things that your older siblings are doing. Same thing. Yeah. You know, you, you want to, you want to do what they're doing. And, um, you know, I kind of started, started towards that way. But then as I got older, um, I started getting really competitive with him, of course, you know, naturally. And then I had a sister that was two years younger than me as well. So then the next year she started playing. So then, you know, my goal was ultimately to be, like, the best one in the family. <laughs> so, um, you know, I played and fell in love with it. And 
I always did other sports, but lacrosse was always my favorite. Um, and it was really great having all three of us play. Um, and we actually all ended up playing in college too, which is pretty great. Yeah. My brother ended up playing at Drexel and then my younger sister ended up playing at Limestone. So. Yes. Wow. So the whole lacrosse family. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Were your parents huge fans and. Oh yeah. Well, so my dad is from Spain. That's where I get, you know, he was actually born there. Um, so he is big into soccer. He was a huge soccer person. Um, so didn't really know too much about lacrosse. Now my mom is from Maryland and she played on her colleges. She went to St. Mary's College in Maryland and played on her college's club team. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think when they were just starting a program, you know, she had played and then was our first coach, um, for my first team. Yeah. So that's kind of with her influence and my brother is kind of what prompted us all to, to get into it my sister at first was really into dance and then because I think you know as a younger sibling you always mm-hmm. have that you know need to, yeah. to be different a little bit and she I think got to a point where she realized that you know she liked lacrosse more saw a future in it for her so kind of got more serious about lacrosse and did all that recruiting stuff so. were you the only goalie in the family I was okay. yes my brother was a long pole defenseman okay. and my sister was an attacker okay so so goalie is a position that I have had no interest in ever trying <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you're not the only yes. you're not the only one but there's it's so important and I think it's it's probably like the, the most important I mean it is the most important position on the field and just the mental aspect of it all too yeah. so what made you decide to get in goal yeah so uh when we were playing you know naturally when you're younger because nobody for the most part nobody steps up and is like yes I want to play uh you tend to do this rotation of okay this week is your week to to play in cage and I mm-hmm. did that but then for some, I guess when I was growing, I had these like weird like growth plate inflammation going on in my feet. So when I ran a lot, it was really painful because at that time there was barely any turf fields out there. So it was just all grass and really, really bad. So um, I kind of just started to play more. Yeah. And the more I played, the better I got and the more I liked it. And it just kind of stuck from there. And you know, at that point when I was in like eighth grade, I got my first individual goalie coach, um, and then just kept continuing to get better and develop. Um, and you know, at eighth grade, that was kind of that point before high school where you had to decide Mm -hmm. because up until that point I'd played basically half goalie, half field. And in eighth grade, I decided, um, going into high school that I wanted to specialize and play goalie. So that's kind of where, where we went. And what was your high school career like? Um, so high school is interesting. I actually transferred halfway through okay. my sophomore year of high school. So my freshman year, I was on JV, uh, did pretty well. And then um, my sophomore year, because of transfer rules, I also played field hockey. Even though I played JV field hockey, because I had played a fall sport, I could not technically participate in a spring sport. So. Weird. I had to play on the fresh soft team. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I had to play on the fresh soft team um, for my sophomore year, which I tell a lot of of players that and parents, and they're really surprised because everybody freaks out about high school teams and what Mm -hmm. teams you make and how that influences recruiting. And, you know, I think that just goes to show, like, you know, it's that's that's not the whole picture that 
college coaches are really concerned with what team you're on, mm-hmm. you know, and then the next year I was on varsity and, and same after that. Um, but high school for me was a really great experience. Um, we played in the IAM conference, which is where you have McDonough, NDP, um, Roland Park, some of the, the best programs mm-hmm. in the country competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my senior class, we had, I think I counted, I was talking to somebody the other day, I counted, we had nine girls that ended up playing Division One lacrosse. Wow. So awesome. um, we had a pretty great, um, pretty great senior class. And we ended up, I tell the story, and of course, one of my Stanford teammates went to McDonough, so she likes to remind me of the outcome. But my senior year on our senior game, we only lost to McDonough by one. So that was a huge yeah. highlight for us. But we did lose, so nobody really remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, um, you know, that team was a really special team. And, you know, one of my teammates from that, Megan Toomey, is why I'm here in L.A. and doing what I'm doing. So awesome. So you guys went to high school together? We did. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Go Saints. Yeah. <laughs> so then you made a big move to the West Coast yeah. from Maryland. Yeah. Um, that What was that like? Um. That, that was definitely really different. Um, I definitely wanted to get out of Maryland yeah. um, for college, but really my priority in where I went to school was that I wanted to go to a program that uh, was still kind of growing and had the potential to um, really go to the next level and somewhere where I can contribute to the growth of the program. Um, so looking at schools, Stanford was a natural fit. Um, you know, I think the year before they had just like beaten Penn who was like ranked number two. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really big deal. Um, and then going into my freshman year, there was a point where we had gotten all the way up to number five, um, and definitely kind of hung in between the top 10, top five and top 10 there. And then, um, you know, just, just seeing how much, you know, not only Stanford's growth was, was doing, but, uh, you know, California lacrosse in general, like my junior year, um, San Diego state was added. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think also that year USC was added. Yeah. So just, just to see that. And then Boulder too, um, seeing all the programs come and, you know, now there's a PAC 12 conference. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's definitely really great to see that. Yeah. That was kind of the years where the MPSF was just on the rise. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys, Stanford was dominating most Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, we played against each other when yeah. I was at St. Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, going to Stanford was always one of my more favorite road trips cause it was shorter yeah. and we did a lot of play days at your campus mm-hmm. and you guys always have the most beautiful campus. Yeah. Um, I love St. Mary's campus, but Stanford, yeah, that's, that's really what, what hooked me a lot. And I, a lot of girls will say that, that they had no desire to go out West and then they step on Stanford's campus and same thing happened to me. Although I was a little bit more open to going to the West Coast, but I still stepped on that campus and I was like, I don't care what I have to do to get to the school. I'm, I'm doing it. And I worked my butt off, took the SATs three times to get there, um, wow. but made it happen. That's so. awesome. Um, and then I was reading that your freshman year, you got in goal in the MPSF championship yeah. and you guys ended up winning. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you were down, right? Yeah. Can yeah. You tell me about that uh, as a freshman, kind of getting yeah. thrown into that. And then you were named MVP. Yeah, yeah. So my freshman year, basically, we had a senior goalie who was who was really great. And so 
pretty much when you're in that situation, the you know general strategy is you let your freshman go in when your team's up by a lot or when you're losing by a lot. So that was kind of how my season was going. And in our NPSF championship game against Oregon, we started the game and we're down 7 nothing. And Amy looked at me and was like, Lindsay, start getting warmed up. <laughs> and after the initial shock, uh, you know, I just started, you know, getting my stuff on and, and getting ready. Um, and it was kind of an interesting point in the game because uh, I always consider myself kind of an energy spark to everyone. Uh, you know, whether I'm playing or, or coaching, mm-hmm. I, I tend to be like very, very excited and um, energetic and like yelling a lot, which is very funny because off the field, I'm, I tend to be a little quieter. Um, but I just knew they're really in that moment. I had nothing to lose. So all I had to do was just play. Um, and I think that's what allowed me to play the way I did. And, you know, defense stepped up, offense, you know, got together on the offensive side, got some goals in, and we ended up coming back and winning. Yeah. So, yeah. I have chills. That's such a cool (laughs) moment as a freshman to be such a, like, a spark for your team, you know, and then you guys, you're, um, as the team grew and the years went on, you guys were more and more successful in making it further and further into the NCAAs, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was really exciting for our class especially because we were Amy's first like entire recruiting class um and to see us go through the years and develop um and kind of start to change the culture of lacrosse at Stanford along with Amy doing that as a coach um it was definitely really exciting to to be a part of because was it not as well regarded um I just think some of the players maybe weren't as serious about it Mm -hmm. um I think you know when you get to a place like Stanford it's easy to see you know, the academic setting and how important that is. But, you know, when you look across the board, almost every single athletic team there is still extremely successful. You know, the boys team just won their third soccer team, just won their third national championship. Crazy. And like we, we have won, I think it's 20 something. I don't know. I don't know the exact number, but director's cup um, awards for the best athletic program in the country. And I think some, sometimes that's a little bit forgotten about the high athletic status of Stanford along with the, you know, naturally the academics of it. But, um, I think that now Stanford lacrosse is at a place where, you know, they're vying to be championship contenders. Um, and you know, I think every single year they're making strides to getting there. Absolutely, and seeing more and more success from those West Coast teams. And Stanford, who's a program who's been around, you know, one of the longer periods of time, yeah. is so important overall. Yeah. Um, and, you know, helps get more girls like you out West. Yeah, to absolutely. <laughs> playing and coaching. Um, that's really cool. So I know that during college it's easy to get super wrapped up in, you know, the identity of being a student athlete and being a lacrosse player and, and really just – embracing that and then you kind of you know you're moving towards graduation and all of a sudden you're like oh what do I do now yeah um so how was that for you what was your transition um so that transition for me was really hard um you know and and I don't I don't think my story is unique I think there are a number of student athletes that experience this um you know, really my, my entire life when people would, would talk about me, it was in regards to my athletic and academic successes, um, especially the athletic successes. And so 
pretty much my self-worth and, and identity was totally wrapped up in being a lacrosse player. Like, I was the lax rat. Like, my walls, when I was in high school, I used to um, get, like, the inside lacrosse and lacrosse magazine, and I'd, like, cut out the front covers of them and, like, read them, like, every single page line by line, and then I'd cut out the front covers and put them, like, on my wall as, as wallpaper so I could oh see them God. every day. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I always, and I would see, like, there were two girls, I remember, it was Kristen Kajelman and I think Taylor Thornton were one of, like, the few females, and I oh, always wow. was, like use that as as motivation and inspiration to be like I want to you know be at that level someday um so for it to then all of a sudden be gone um and especially ending the way that my career did um my senior year was very much up and down for me um kind of dealing with this knowing that this was coming um the end of it and realizing that you know I had to get a real job um go out in the real world um and honestly feeling a lot of burnout um from the sport because I'm sure as you can you can experience or you've you've known from your, your experience that when you are doing something for so long with that high of intensity um sometimes it it does get a lot and for me, talking about how I felt was a little bit difficult for me, especially because I was this, you know, lax rat. Like, people, my, my teammates call me Lynn's Lax. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, one of my, like, usernames or something. And then, they, <laughs> and then the nickname kind of stuck, and, you know, they used to joke that I was going to get my PhD in lacrosse <laughs> and all this stuff. So I really felt like I, as, you know, leader of the team and as somebody who embodies the love of the game, when I wasn't feeling that, I really felt like I couldn't tell anybody that. Um, So I kind of just went through this period of just trying to push through and push through and push through. And ultimately that just ended up making things worse, you know, on top of, you know, once, once I kept playing worse and then, you know, comparing or not comparing, but, um, you know, seeing my statistics decline and then let that indicate how I should feel about myself oh my gosh, and yeah. my value. So it, it was just a really, really rough time. Um, did you have support during that time? Did your teammates, yeah, was your, yeah, they, they, my teammates were, there, there were a few of my teammates that I felt open in, in, in talking to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like I said, it was, it was just up and down. Like I would, you know, play really well and, and have a great game. And the next game, you know, it would be really bad and I would just get sucked back. And I just didn't have, um, really any good coping strategies for, mm-hmm. for how I was feeling. So I just kept going on this cycle of up and down and up and down, up and down. And then eventually in the last game of the year, um, we were in the NCA first round of NCAAs and, the practice before um amy came up to me another goalie and was like you know you're not gonna start on friday and um that was kind of just a culmination for me yeah. of just everything that was going on um and you know that really hit me really hard um you know now obviously it's years later and i've come to a place where you know i I totally get it, um, but I think just for me, it was, it was indicative of that period of my life and, and what was going on. Um, you know, I had totally lost my love of the game, and I, later on, after the fact, um, ended up getting a job at uh, a place called the Washington Inner City Lacrosse Foundation, which is a nonprofit that brings lacrosse to kids in D.C. for oh, free. Cool. 
And it really was through that experience and working with them that I was able to find, you know, the love of the game again. Um, but even still during that time, I, you know, wasn't playing lacrosse. Um, and, you know, I was living at home and I was still in the lacrosse world. And, you know, something that I had heard here and there is like, you know, you don't go to Stanford to be a lacrosse coach or you don't, you know, you go to Stanford to, you know, be a CEO and do this and do that. Mm, the and, pressure, the and pressure so, was huge so, overall. So, yeah, so I, in comparison to what my classmates were doing, I just remember just feeling so low about myself. <sighs> um, and, you know, it, it got really dark and it, it just all of a sudden one day hit me and I was just like, I, I don't want to live my life like this. Yeah. I need to get help. Um, and I finally was able to go get the help that I needed, um, and, you know, learn the coping strategies, uh, that I have now that set me up for success, you know, just like today working out, like that's literally the best thing in the entire world for my mental health. And, you know, even as, you know, I'm working with younger kids and they're kind of talking to me about that now, which is really great. Um, and that's why I'm really happy, you know, we're having this conversation because, I think there are so many kids out there that are dealing with these things and these feelings and they don't want to admit that they're not okay because, you know, they don't want to cause problems or, you know, disrupt the status quo of life. And the reality is, is like, you know, everyone or, you know, people that are around you just just want you to be happy. And my parents weren't upset, you know, that I wasn't okay. My friends weren't upset that I wasn't okay. And most of the time, they're like, you know, why didn't you tell me sooner? Like, I, I want to help you through right. this. Um, so I, I really hope out of, you know, all of this that, you know, kids know that, you know, they're okay to, to feel the feelings that they are. Um, but yeah, learning those habits w- was really a really big game changer for me. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That yeah. There's so many things. I mean, I think, you know, you're at this place where you're um, you're working really hard. You've done everything, you know, in your athletic career to be the best version of the, the athlete you're supposed to be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your passion is gone. Yeah. Your will to do any more is gone. And yeah. then your coach has to make a decision to be like, well, you're going to win this game and you don't have it right yeah. now. Yeah. And to be a young person and yeah. not feel the the kind of reflection onto yourself and always not just on this like facet of you um I could that's so rough yeah it was it was so rough yeah it was hard I mean obviously you know come game day you know I put on my game face and I went out but I mean that affected me for a really long time it's one of those Um, like defining kind of moments yeah and not always a good way but (laughs) yeah like I always you know when I was playing goalie if we had you know one goal losses or even just losses in general that really um, caused me to internalize that. And I really felt like a failure a lot. And in that moment, or, you know, later on, I really felt that and took that on even more. Um, but like I said, with help, um, you know, and it was great too. After we graduated, we took a trip to Hawaii and Japan. And that was also another great opportunity for me to just kind of play the game with your friends, yeah, with, your with teammates? the teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an awesome, awesome trip. And I'm so lucky that, um, we were, we were able to go there because again, that was just kind of the start of, 
of me realizing, you know, what I always had inside me was that I love this game because it's so fun to play, not because of what these stats are telling me about my worth or how good I am. Like, and, and I hope goalies realize that, that, you know, your statistics of, a, of one game or two games doesn't mean you're not good. It doesn't mean you don't have potential to be better. Um, it, <clears throat> it just means you had a bad game. Yeah. And those happen. Um, but when you internalize them and think that, you know, those are or the, the save percentages is indicative of how good you are then you're going to keep playing worse. Yeah. And, and that's why goalie is such a mental position because if you think you're good and you have the ability to be good and the you know ability to be even better, you're going to do so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, I mean, that's athletes in general. Like, if you think you're going to have a good game, you probably will. Um, you know, and I tell my, my kids now, it's like, <laughs> they, they're probably sick of it but you know whether you think you can or you can't you're right yeah kind of thing and it's it's true it's with anything yeah. it's not just lacrosse it's life um and you know now as I'm trying to coach high school and do my own business um and you know the training it's like whether I think I can do this or not I'm gonna be right and I I think or at least I hope um you know people realize that if if you think you can do something you're going to do it. I mean, that's any, any entrepreneur will, will tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I think you being able to speak to that now being coming through it and also, you know, continually growing as a person and, and being vulnerable in the ways that you are, you posted a pretty, you know, strong message video yesterday yeah. to, to people to that if they need help to say something. Yeah. Um, and being a voice for that, I mean, I just applaud you because that's so vulnerable in a lot of ways um, and isn't talked about enough, especially, I think, to girls that put a lot of pressure on themselves to be athletically um, successful. And then, you know, then there's all the other ways we're supposed to look and be and act. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Believe me, I know. Um, And... And if you don't fit into that, you can feel super isolated. Yeah. And um, but that's not the case. We're, none of us are alone. Yeah. Um, I definitely had moments of burnout, moments of feeling like, who am I without this sport? Moments of being like, I'm nothing without mm-hmm. it. And then also feeling like I've done nothing with this. I don't have stats. I don't have a great resume. Who am I to even talk about it or coach? Yeah. And when I kind of refound coaching, it was such a huge like confidence boost mm-hmm. because I was like oh, like, here I am. These girls don't know nearly as much as I know and haven't experienced any nearly as much as I have. Like, I can actually share something with them yeah. that comes naturally to me. Yeah. And Oh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's that's the beauty of it. And I think a lot of girls, you know, mistake that, that, like, you have to go to, like, you know, a, a Duke or a Maryland or Northwestern or whatever it is to be a good coach. And, like, that's not the reality, like, you can be a great coach and go to whatever school you want, you know, without any accolades or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like, what matters most is is how you teach the game and how you communicate with kids that's going to enable you to connect with them and them to listen to you more. Um, because you can get anyone to go out there and teach the game, but, you know, kids, kids interpret and, um, you know, learn things so differently. Um, and, you know building building that connection is is going to promote so much more success mm-hmm. i feel um 
than any skill you were able to perform on the field on, you know, when you were in college. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think sports teach us so much about life and they're all just kind of like microcosm situations of like bigger issues in the world. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and that's why, why I'm a coach now um, and why I really would like to keep coaching at the high school level um, because I think that especially at high school, they're at just such an interesting time. Um, for learning about life and and Mm -hmm. being able to use the sports to show them as they go on to the next level that are going to help them um especially like in talking about the mental health stuff like a lot of my thoughts and patterns and behaviors started in high school and I feel like if I can intervene and help these girls you know learn to talk about their feelings build that confidence um then they'll be better off later in life. Um, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about what you've been doing now, which is basically running your own business and coaching a lot. Yeah, across Los Angeles. So what? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Sure. So yeah, pretty much when you think of having a career in lacrosse, it typically is only seen or at least before it was only seen to me, or your options are you run your own club team or um, you coach college Mm -hmm. lacrosse. Um, However, given what I just said, I had a really strong desire to coach high schoolers and youth. Um, Just, you know, the energy they bring, you know, especially out here in California where Mm -hmm. it's growing and there's such, there's just such this positive energy about the game that you don't find on the East Coast. Like, I remember going to some practices and when I was coaching for other clubs and kids just, like, flat face coming to practice because mom and dad are forcing them to be there. Not to say that doesn't happen in California, but because the game is a lot newer out here, they're just so excited to learn and, and come to practice. So it makes coaching them just so much more fun. Um, but, yeah, so... Right now, I am coaching for two club teams. Um, I own my own business called LM Lax Training LLC. And through that, um, you know, in the website, I made, um, you know, providing coaches and goalie education because um, there are so few goalies, um, Mm. few few goalie coaches out there. Um, And I really just wanted to bring all the knowledge that I have to as many coaches and as many girls as possible. And especially in, you know, lower populated areas where they have literally zero access. Um, Just to say, you know, here are some things you can do on your own and you don't need somebody, a goalie coach specifically Mm -hmm. to do these drills. You can grab your, one of your parents or your siblings, you can do these things. Um, But also then I wanted to incorporate the training piece. Um, So last year I got certified to be a personal trainer Um, And now I'm starting to get uh, my strength conditioning certification so that I can really bring um, really the next level of performance. I know, you know, the general, you know, weight loss and and that kind of thing, but um, really training for performance is something that I wanted to specialize in because my style playing goalie was always super active and fit and at the time there weren't really many active goalies. Like I used to really look up or I still look up to Devin Wells as like the greatest goalie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because of that style and, and really pushing the bound boundaries of what the position is. I think a lot of people, 
you know, they would literally put the most unathletic kid in the goal and just have them stand there. And it's like, you can be whatever player you want to be, um, you know, within obviously the rules of the game. But um, I really took pride in my athleticism. And although it was it's definitely difficult because even to this day, I hate running, which is why, you know, when I send workouts and do workouts, it's it's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of cardio max because I can't do any, any yeah. more than that um, for long periods of time. But I also really felt like, there was a missing piece of goalies for fitness specifically, you know, Mm -hmm. and you see in colleges um, where goalies are doing the same exact stuff that all the field players are doing. Granted, I think that there's a time and a place for that. For instance, I had to run uh, our Manchester fitness test in in college, which was 2,100 yard sprints. (laughs) So yeah, so as a goalie, people are like, what, you had to do that? Yeah, I had to do that. And I'm so happy I did because pushing through that test honestly was the biggest thing for my mindset that yeah even now like uh Rachel and I so I live with one of my Stanford teammates um Rachel Ozer who had a phenomenal career at Stanford on her own but we we have this hill outside and sometimes when we don't have time to go to the gym we'll just run hill sprints up there and we had like one more left and I, I was like, if I can pass the Manchester United test, <laughs> you can I can do this. But I do come back to that because I think there's so many times where where we question what we're capable of um, in fitness or in life. And, you know, it gets uncomfortable when, you know, you're going through that fitness test and you're hitting like 16 and 17. And you're like, <gasps> like yeah. and your legs are hurting and you don't know if you can do it. And you're like, you know, just three more. You just got to, and you you turn something on your head and you just push through it. And after you are done, it is the greatest feeling in the world. And knowing that I'm I'm capable of that, you know, is something that I took pride in as a goalie. And to to say that, yeah, I ran 2100s. Like, I did that. Yeah. Um, is is very powerful for me, um, even even now in life. So, yeah. I think those things. It's not 20 straight 100s. It's like, 2100s in 118 seconds with the jog back. Is that what you guys yeah, did? Yeah, so we did. Yeah. It was 25 seconds down, 35 seconds back. Yeah. And then as you go up one, the time, the, the sprint time, time decreases. Oh, and then it, it that way. That comes. So the next one is like down in 24, back in 35 or 36. So yeah. then the last one is down in 15, back in 45. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely not easy by no. any stretch, but, um, you know, I think there also are were other things that I could do, and my trainer was great about implementing them um, in in the weight room and on the field. But I kind of wanted to learn the mechanics, um, you know, behind movement and in performance, so that you know I could help make goalies faster, stronger, better, and not only goalies, but the players that I coach now mm-hmm. too. Um, so, and are you playing now still? Um, I'm not playing currently, but I actually was just had a thought that I'm, I'm missing it. I played a couple weeks ago in the shootout for soldiers yeah. tournament, which is really great. They have an all goalie game. Okay. So they're all goalies all over the field and I was playing midfield. Um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then there was another game that I played in at 4am and that was, that was a lot of fun. And I, I definitely miss playing and 
uh, like I said, I, I'm, I've been feeling uh, the itch to, to give back out there, yeah. um, especially, you know, now that I'm running some shooting and goalie clinics with Maddie and, mm-hmm. and we've been doing some filming promotions and playing a little bit here yeah. and there. Um, I know just, we got, we've been talking about getting, trying, trying to get a team together or doing something, I know. at least with the girls we know in the area. Um, but should. you're in great shape. You can put your <laughs> name in the hat for professional maybe have you thought <laughs> maybe. about that uh maybe maybe we'll we'll see um you know when when they first announced the WPLL um I did put put my name in there oh, you um, did. That's awesome. I did because I I was like you know I don't I don't know we'll see uh granted it's been it's been a while since I played um but one of the good things that happened out of that was that I convinced my roommate at the time who was also one of my teammates Anna Kim at Stanford oh, okay um to put her name in there and she got picked up and has been playing and it's been so great to see her thrive at the next Mm -hmm. level um and I'm so excited for her and whether or not I end up pursuing that later on uh you know is a question but uh I I definitely miss it but uh yeah I I just was she with New York fight she Um, was with New England command oh she was with the team that won okay yeah. yeah Awesome. And then she's also on the Korean national team? She is. Okay. She is, yeah. She, yeah. She's a ph- phenomenal player. We had Very a really, cool. really great class that year. Yeah. yeah. Rachel and one of my other teammates, um, Megan Lerner, were on the uh, Israeli national team okay. and played in the World Cup. Yeah, I was very sad. I couldn't make it out there because oh. of my work commitments at the time. But... Yes. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. That's, like... I feel like we covered so many things. <laughs> um, tell me about the tattoo on your arm. Um, so I have the equal sign on my arm, uh, and that is, you know, just broadly represents equality. Yes. Um, because, you know, I do believe in the equality of all people and, you know, not just racially, um, but um, also in... Um, you know, religious beliefs, um, et cetera, and especially in regards to my sexuality, mm-hmm. um, because I am gay, and so I thought it was important to um, kind of just put put that out there mm-hmm. to the world. Um, you know, it's really easy to walk into somewhere and nobody to really know like I can walk into a bar and you know everyone just assumes because that's what we do we just assume everything you know (laughs) that everything is normal or normal (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, and it's really easy for me especially in the coaching setting to not talk about it and just coach Um, but something that or, or why I, I coach is because I want to make an impact on kids way beyond the field. Yeah. And I knew that I had to talk about these things as hard as it is mm-hmm. um, because, you know, coaching really, a lot of people think of it, you know, as you, there's there's no room for personal yeah. stuff in in coaching that you, you kind of have to be this figure for kids. Um, and while I think some coaches succeed doing that, I just don't feel that that's the route that I want to take. And so um, in order to, to be open about it, you know, I have to be willing to talk about it. But there's sometimes it, 
you never like there's never a good time to to talk about it really yeah but then you know maybe somebody's like hey what's your tattoo and then (laughs) you're kind of forced to talk about it and that's a really great thing for me and I can open the eyes of my kids parents or whoever um, because I think the thing with sexuality um, and other just general differences um, is that people don't really understand them and so they kind of just label it as this weird thing um, when in reality, you know, everyone that's different is really the same as everyone else, yeah. right? So I'm I'm the same coach, the same everything else. Mm-hmm. I just happen to like girls more than boys. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know, totally so. makes sense. But it, it, it's probably been an evolution to becoming more yourself, um, to being yeah. able to talk about it, to being able to express it. Um, I know I have friends who kind of went through that process and, you know, kind of get, came out after college and it was like, you kind of knew, you know, you had an yeah. idea, but <laughs> you never want to out someone or be yeah. forced, um, or force that person to like be something they're not ready to be yet yeah. or, or admit or whatever it is. Um, yeah. but I think that's like embracing with open arms, all of those differences and being open and, and comfortable enough in yourself to be able to share is is super hard but yeah. so important yeah and really cool that you're you're willing to do that yeah. I know it's been probably a journey yeah it definitely is a journey and you know something I hope that girls boys whoever's listening to this realizes too like it's okay if if you don't fit in a box like a lot of times when I was going through this and you know thinking about things I was like well I kind of like boys and girls, but nobody's like, hey, I think I kind of like both, but, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm bi because I might like one more than the other. I don't really know. You know, nobody's like, I don't know about my sexuality. So, um, fluid. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do personally believe that sexuality is on a spectrum where yeah. exactly you lie on it. You know, I don't know. You know, I, there are some guys that I find attractive, but I still you know, prefer girls. So like it, uh, it, there, there is spectrum and and there is some gray in there. Like I think people are so quick to put people in boxes, like, but it doesn't have to be like that, you know, just because, you know, you might be dating one girl, um, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're gay or just because, you know, whatever your past is, doesn't indicate what your future is. Um, and I think, you know, just letting people be who they are is... Oh my gosh, is, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the most awesome things. Like, one of my teammates in college, um, when she came out and, you know, we all kind of had an inkling, but it was, like, so funny because when she kind of was ready to take that step and be open, like, she never wore a dress again. She yeah. wears snapbacks all the time. Like, she's yeah. just, like, fully embraced the person she is. Yeah. Um, and is it's like the most beautiful thing yeah to witness yeah and I mean that's kind of funny too like even just in I think that's something that is really misunderstood um you know within even like the lesbian culture like and I've kind of experienced it too where it's like okay you wear a dress so you must be a femme right you don't so you must be butch and it's like well actually sometimes I like to wear a dress and then sometimes I don't and like (laughs) it really just depends (laughs) on my mood right like that's not like what people again people want to put everybody in boxes and like 
I it, it's, it's and I'm just using funny. those examples as like it just allowed her to embrace herself yeah. more, not in like that those examples are how no, you are, no, no. But, but I I think it's so real that yeah. you know people you know make assumptions based on you know what what people wear or yeah. not and like it's it's just it's just all so up in the air yeah. and or just being a, an athlete and playing sports yeah women's sports yeah exactly and, and I think sometimes you have the opposite where like some girls just don't like to dress up that much and so then they're assumed to be gay and it's like that's not always the case <laughs> like you can you can put you can put shorts on and still be girly yeah. and you know that's something that I'm actually been talking about more because my high school team is going to transition to wearing shorts instead of skirts oh interesting um and I you know I've talked about this so much to my friends and they're like well I love the skirts like I feel good and and you know my <laughs> thing I I totally get that but you know and I actually wrote an entire paper on this in college which was really great I, I took a women in sports class and uh we had to take a sophomore year it was called the power uh the was writing and rhetoric class and so I did it on shorts versus skirts and that's hilarious I mean yeah. not hilarious but like really cool yeah yeah it was it was really awesome to research and look into especially because our assistant coach at the time was Danielle Spencer okay. who went to Northwestern yeah. wore shorts one of my teammates went to McDonough wore shorts to there and it's just kind of like well maybe there's a correlate not you know causation here of you know good teams wearing shorts but I think it just brings up a lot of questions, you know, like girls, my friends saying they feel good in, in skirts. And then my question to them is, well, why do you feel better in a skirt than shorts? And like, maybe it has to do with the fact that we're taught that we're supposed to feel better in, 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 uh, you know, quote, more girly things because that's more quote feminine. And, you know, I just think it really questions this idea of femininity and masculinity. And again, where there's not boxes, where there's really gray area in there where you can wear shorts and still be girly. But to everyone else, it's like, no, you're you're more masculine because you're wearing shorts and you're not in a dress. Um, And it's like same thing with like the makeup and stuff. And I do it, too. Like you put on makeup and you feel better. But it's like, why do you feel better? Because if we watch all these movies and read these stories about your entire life and you see these women look so glamorous and beautiful with the makeup and you're supposed to feel better when you yeah, have the makeup on. That is true. But that's not necessarily the case. Like, and, and that's kind of what else I'm trying to reiterate to these kids. It's yeah. like, just being yourself, you should, you should feel confident and good. And unfortunately, like, we're still in a space with women where that's not, not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was, was different. Um, and that's not to say, like, the feelings of feeling good with makeup and feeling girly and all that aren't valid because they, they are and and that, you know, that's not like, that's not right to feel those things. But I, I just wish there was more, more, more women being like, you know, I'm, I'm not wearing this and I feel, and I feel good about myself yeah. too. Um, which is why, you know, hearing your friend embrace kind of more of the masculine side of her, yeah. um, or masculine, you know, I'm using this just cause that's how we generally talk about these things. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that's awesome, um, that she's doing that because she's, she's still a woman. She's still feminine. Yes. And I think that yes, that's, she that's, is. that's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's, 
that's missed um, a lot. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was it's really great. And one of the things that, that I do miss about Stanford is like it prompted all of these discussions about all of these kind of different, really interesting topics that you never really got to explore before. Um, and now it's great that I'm able to bring up these discussions with my kids and they're like, whoa, I never, never, I never thought Nadasi, about, yeah. thought about, thought about that in that way. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm excited to, to talk about it more and, and bring it and bring it to light. So, well, it's funny if you were talking about the makeup thing, cause obviously I'm wearing makeup now, but <laughs> when I sent you that selfie earlier yeah. after my workout, those, that's like post-workout is, I know I like, it's, I'm disgusting, but I feel so good and yeah. I'm like, all right, I look good. Like, my muscles are fought like all yeah the yeah you got you got the happy endorphins going in you <laughs> exactly so kicking in <laughs> it's one of those times um yeah where I feel most like attractive yeah no that's awesome and I mean even now too like with the training like I think there's there was definitely this like super skinny mode of of you know that 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 represented being the most feminine or was the most beautiful or whatever right. and you know again something that I I have always loved being strong since I was in high school right I lifted and I've always just felt better being stronger while everyone else was a little bit smaller around me and you know I hope too that you know through through coaching and all this I can I can show girls that you know you can still be strong and beautiful and all these things you know whether you have you know, honestly, regardless of your body type, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I still think generally there's this overarching desire to be thinner. Thin, yeah. Um, and you know, if you're able to perform and you're healthy and in, in all your tests, like, you know, there's, there's no reason why, you know, you can't be confident in yourself, um, and, you know, perform as an athlete. Um, and, you know, obviously there's, there's ways that we can work and, and improve, um, performance too, but, um, you know, having, having positive, you know, body image and self-talk, I think is really imperative, um, for, for girls as they move forward totally. in their life. And then I, I'm sure you experienced kind of post-college, like your body changes so much cause you're not, tra- yeah. you're not training in the same ways. And I know with like my group of friends, um, you have to kind of, you, they had to like relearn what they wanted. And some of them have completely like transformed their bodies from this, like, you know, very muscular mm-hmm. muscle boundness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they all are very fit and look amazing, but it's a transition and, and a lot of things are happening and you kind of have to figure out what, what works for you. Yeah. But like always the working out and those endorphins and that like, um, kind of the mental health that physical fitness gives you is, are all like such important things. And that's why I think we'll always have that carried yeah. through life. Like, Oh, for sure. I know if I'm having a bad day or if I know if I need something, like, if I just work out, I will feel so much better. Yeah, exactly. And I can do it. And I always have to remind myself, oh, yeah, Yeah. I am strong. I can do this. Exactly. And that nutrition piece is really huge, too. I mean, we could go off on a whole other tangent about that. (laughs) But, like, especially now, girls are seeing all these, like, crazy, you know, diets. diets. Like, everyone's going keto and doing all this stuff. And it's, like... You know, at a point, I ate like, so much in college. Did you, you, know, you eat, I ate whatever I wanted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, carbs are evil. And, like, something that I've had to change, too, is how I think about food now mm-hmm. and, you know, how I talk about it with my girls. And, again, this is where you get in this, like, 
another dichotomy of like carbs are evil, sugar is evil, and da 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 da. And it's like everything has its purpose. And like even though yes, like we know the processed foods like pizza, ice cream, candy, all those things aren't good for you. But if you have them within like moderation and don't have like an entire carton of ice cream, which yes, I've done before, admittedly. <laughs> But as long as you don't, you know, go crazy with it, like, you'll still be able to perform and be yeah. okay and you can maintain the body that you want. It's not It's not like this, you can't ever have a piece of bread or pasta again. No. Um, and, and like I said, that's just something that I've been trying to push with, you know, and I've been talking more with my friends and as I learn more, I'm by no means an expert, but, um, you know, with my friends and, and, and the girls I coach, just trying to promote kind of this more of a healthy relationship with food that, you know, I definitely struggled with because, you know, you have all these, all these things going in, you know, your social media feeds and people Mm -hmm. doing, you know, X, Y, Z diets. And I just remember being like filled with information and it's really hard to break your, your thought process when you've like grown up your whole life thinking, thinking things one way, right? Like as we're kids, you're like, candy's bad, candy's bad. Like, all that stuff, like, and then so you get older and are like, wait, this is not the worst thing for me? No, like, yeah, it's not great, but, you know, there's probably something better you can have, but it's, it's not, like, gonna, gonna make you, like, gain 20 pounds, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I think that's kind of... Yeah, that's, that's kind of the better thing is, like, yeah, the better way of thinking about it, at least, is, you know... This might be not the not the best thing for me. Well, what's something better that yeah. I can have? Like now, I'm I love pancakes more than anything. So That's if people so look at my follow me on social media, you'll see on my story like every other day I'm having pancakes. But I have protein pancakes and I put pumpkin in them because obviously it's fall and <laughs> I love pumpkin. Yes, it's like one of the number one things that makes me basic, but um, I love pumpkin so much. So I can add that pumpkin into my protein pancakes and. It's not loaded with a ton of sugar, processed sugar and all that. So I'm still able to have those things, um, but it's not as bad. So that's kind of always I pose the question is like, how can you make this better for yourself, but still enjoy what you want? Yes. Gotta enjoy life. Exactly. It's important. Exactly. Uh, Well, this has been awesome. We're going to wrap it up. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We talked about so much. (laughs) So what would you like to plug? Would you... You are an oh amazing gosh. writer, too. I, I meant to call that out. You mentioned that you write on your website, too, and, and you have some really great pieces. So thank you. I will definitely encourage, I'll definitely link to that and encourage people okay. to thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, if you want to look at my website, that's lmlaxtraining.com. Um, I'm pretty much on every social media platform. Uh, Instagram is at lmlaxtraining or at Lindsay M. Munoz, and Lindsay is spelled a little bit differently because, of course, just my entire life I had to be different <laughs> in everything. It's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y, okay. and then M-M-U-N-O-Z. So uh, on Twitter for those handles as well, too. So Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. This was awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my episode with Lindsay. I hope you enjoyed it. I really had fun talking to her and I think she has so much to say about good things, difficult things, the struggles she's dealt with and how she's dealt with them and really instilling some positivity and some really good habits and things in the girls that she's coaching. I think that's really important and can be such a 
uh, duty of a coach to not just speak to them as lacrosse players, but as the whole person. There are all these things going on in our lives. Lacrosse is one of them, and it may be very important, but it's not everything. And sometimes it's going to be really hard. So being honest about that and and sharing that, I think I, I just really appreciate her you know, ability to do that and being vulnerable, especially with this conversation. So thank you again for listening. I'm going to do a little fact check and then wrap it up. All right. So Lindsay played at Stanford, which Stanford's women's lacrosse program is the oldest program on the West Coast. It was founded in 1995. They are now a part of the Pac-12 conference. Um, They were formerly a part of the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. Head coach Amy Bacher took over that program in 2009, and since then she has led the Cardinals to five conference tournament titles, two regular season championships, and six NCAA tournament appearances. Like I mentioned, Stanford was always one of my favorite places to go uh, during season, whether it was for fall ball days or spring season, even though we often got our butts whooped. Uh, Stanford's a beautiful campus in Palo Alto. It's an incredibly smart school. I can only imagine the pressures of being a student athlete at a school like Stanford because the academics are so important and just the level of kind of expectation of all the accomplishments you're going to achieve. So when Lindsay's talking about kind of the pressure getting to her, especially when it came to, you know, her sense of self, I can only imagine, and I can only imagine it, it has continued to be that way for college students now, and, and I just think it's something we need to recognize that it can be really tough to balance a lot of things, especially in, you know, between the ages of 18 to 22, and have a lot of pressure on yourself athletically, academically, who knows if, you know, there's financial expectation or, or other requirements, but um young people have a lot a lot of pressure on them and uh the the mental health aspect of staying um aware and recognizing when you might be in a place where you need some extra help is really important that being said Lindsay shares her story of struggling with some mental health and needing the extra help to get through it and recognizing that this sport maybe she needed to take a break from and she was experiencing a little bit of burnout a little bit of uncertainty of what's next in life overall and that now she's able to share that and really acknowledge that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to be struggling sometimes and it's okay to be a little lost because in the end of the day you can come through it you can be better for it and you can build something for yourself that you really are passionate about and refine the things that have always been important to you like family like lacrosse like many other things that may be important to you so i really just wanted to kind of hone in on the point that this conversation of mental health and being aware and and being open to to asking for help and also being aware of what's going on with the people you love and asking them how they're doing and recognizing that we all have a lot of pressure on ourselves and it's important to to acknowledge when it's not as easy. On a lighter note, I loved the workout that Lindsay gave me. It was very tough. I have yet to revisit it, but there's nothing like a good workout of sweating and lifting and running or whatever it is to remind you of how powerful you are and how strong you are. So if you are ever feeling down, I recommend a workout. I will post the workout 
in the post on lacrosseallstars.com so you can check it out. I love sharing, you know, these different ideas with my group of friends and, and other former teammates of mine that continue to make physical fitness and kind of that athletic experience um, still pertinent to them today. So definitely keep sharing those. If you have any workouts that you like to do, send them my way which you can do by emailing me at cassie at laxallstars.com. So that's it for my little fact check or more like a highlight reel because this conversation was very personal and I appreciate Lindsay for being so brave to share everything that she's gone through and what she stands for today and a lot of the things that she wants to instill in the girls she coaches. I think it's all super positive. I think that if you visit lmlaxtraining.com, you will learn more about who Lindsay is and the things that she's doing. Be sure to check that out. And thank you for listening. Please send us a note, send us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know what you think. I'm always looking for feedback. I got a little bit of feedback the past couple weeks, which was very exciting. So I get very excited when I get an email from anyone that I don't know having to do with this podcast. So challenge is on you. You could make my day. So that's all I have to say at the moment. Thank you so much. Listen to other Lax All-Stars podcasts on the Lacrosse All-Stars podcast channel, the Know the Game podcast, the Advanced Lacrosse podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and as always, visit lacrosseallstars.com. Okay, that's all for now. Okay, bye! Bye!